you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And on today's program, well, we've got a quick Missouri football note to get to later in the program, but quite honestly, this is going to be a very basketball-centric show because, well, we got a lot of the football news and notes out yesterday, and I've got a big Arkansas preview coming for you tomorrow. But first, we got to talk about these basketball Tigers because, you know what? I was a little bit hesitant after the first game, really liked what I saw against Oral Roberts, but I needed more. I needed more than just one game. But I tell you what, after last night, after Missouri took down 21st-ranked Oregon in Omaha, we know what? We can take this team off the bubble, in my mind at least. I think this is firmly an NCAA tournament team at this moment in time. Now, of course, as we've seen for the last two, three years, injuries can derail a season, change things, but right now this team is looking very healthy and very locked in, quite honestly. Now, certainly there was a couple numbers I was really focused on. I said on yesterday's program that I was definitely going to be watching the pace of this basketball game. I believe there was about 77 possessions in that first game against Oral Roberts, which would have had Missouri about, you know, top 10 in the entire country. So would we keep that up? Well, not quite as fast, but still pretty darn fast. 71 possessions in this basketball game. And really the big number is 24 points in transition for Missouri. And clearly Oregon wanted to slow the game down. Now you might think, well, they were, they were pressing. What do you mean they were trying to slow the game down? Well, when you do kind of a soft three-quarter zone press that Oregon typically likes to play, well, that actually is designed to slow the game down. And I'll tell you what, while Drew Bugs, I don't think he scored in the game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll check my box score here really quickly. Yeah, just no points, two assists, one rebound in nine minutes for Drew Bugs. Nothing exactly jumping off the page there. He missed his only shot. But I'll tell you, even though he didn't, play a lot. He didn't jump out in the box score. When Drew Bugs was in there, he just made the game easier for us. And frankly, just the ability to have two point guards on the floor at all times. The players even were saying Mark Smith is a very underrated ball handler, but especially just the ability to have three point guards on this team, two of them out there, maybe at the same time for the most part. Well, that actually cures one of Missouri's fatal flaws from the past few seasons, which is the inability to handle pressure in the backcourt. So if you think about this team, you know, for all of for all of Jordan Geis pluses, he isn't the world's most pure point guard in the world. And frankly, sometimes he was the only ball handler, the only real pure ball handler that we had on the court. So that made it really hard when teams would turn up the pressure on the Tigers to, to close games out at times. You saw that against West Virginia famously a couple years ago, right? Well, to me, whether Bugs ends up being a guy who plays 25 minutes a game, scores 10 points a game, 
or not, whatever happens there, whether he's a massive statistical contributor or not, I think that there are going to be there are going to be subtle ways in the box scores that he is that he's definitely going to help the Tigers. Let's put it that way. I can see that already. But maybe the most encouraging thing of all for Missouri is that they kept the pace up. They got lots of points in transition. But unlike the Oral Roberts game, they kept the turnovers down. Now, quite honestly, the 17 turnovers that first game, I, I pointed out, to me, as I was watching it, it didn't feel like we were being that careless with the ball. But, you know, the numbers are what they are. But against Oregon, seven turnovers. That's the fewest Missouri has committed in years. So just an outstanding job there. And frankly, that was a big part of the reason why Missouri was able to overcome some fairly pedestrian three-point shooting. Missouri shot 9 of 31, which is good for 29%. And I'm sure a lot of people are probably telling or probably saying, and I certainly saw a prominent beat writer say that, you know what, that's just too many threes and the offense should run through Jeremiah Tillman more than that. And you know what? I got to disagree with that pretty strongly, to be honest with you. Now, in the second half, Missouri definitely took far fewer three-pointers. I think they took 22 of their 31 in that first half. But to my eyes, I just didn't feel like very many of them were bad shots. And honestly, I've been begging Missouri for well over a year now to not run the offense through Jeremiah Tillman, at least in terms of the low post. Because frankly, this offense just works better when we're moving the ball side to side and driving the ball to the basket, either just with pure dribble penetration or a Jeremiah Tillman pick and roll. We saw last night what a great finisher he can be. You drop the ball down to him, he will dunk the living hell out of it. No doubt about that. But I will say when it comes to Jeremiah Tillman and his post game, I think he showed a lot of maybe newfound patience yesterday. There was one time in the second half there where I almost thought he looked a bit Like Jonte Porter, remember his one season at Missouri? Jonte would just patiently, almost just wait for the double team, just waiting to draw them in and then kick it out to Jordan Barnett for an open three. That was probably Missouri's best offensive play that year. Well, it seemed like Tillman had sort of learned this ability to be patient as well because he definitely had some nice passes out of double teams. And you know what? Again, in terms of actually him scoring the ball late shot clock, I think that's a great option, really. Again, early shot clock, that that shouldn't be Missouri's focus. But if the offense bogs down, there's seven, eight seconds left on the clock and nothing's happening, by all means, give it to Jeremiah. He can at least get up a decent shot from five feet away, and, well, he might go back and get it, too, because four offensive rebounds for Tilly yesterday – I think he's averaging about 10 a game so far, 10 rebounds, total rebounds, that is, per game. So, you know, he's just very much playing within himself, actually setting legal screens for once. How about that? Only had three fouls yesterday, was never really in foul trouble, per se. So, really just a a nice start by the Tigers, and, and particularly Tillman, despite the fact that I still don't think we should be running the offense through him. And I do want to get to the rest of this basketball game, including that massive slump that the Tigers suffered during the middle stretch of that basketball game. But first, a word from our friends at Coors Light. Because, you know, these days it does seem like life forces us to be on at all 
times, but every now and then it's important to stop and reset. And that's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment that's made to chill. And you know what? The Tiger basketball team, having won its first top 25 game away from Mizzou Arena since 2013, well, I think they deserve to hit the reset button and chill. So just know, Tiger fans, that Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yes, I'm still trying to get a hold of John Neighbors. Yes, John Neighbors, not to be confused with Josh Neighbors, who I just talked to on this past Sunday from Locked On Razorbacks. I keep wanting to say Locked On Hogs. Personally, I think Locked On Hogs is a better name than Locked On Razorbacks. But hey, that's just me. Either way, you'll get a massive, in-depth Arkansas-Missouri football preview on tomorrow's program. But I got to be honest. For the first time in my life, I think I was jealous of Big East fans because, well, FS1 gets the Big East every single week, and does that mean Big East fans get round ball rock all the time? Oh my goodness, round ball rock. So glorious for those of you, for the uninitiated, a John Tesh song, maybe better known as the NBA on NBC theme from back in the day. Yes, a young John was glued to his television Every single Sunday for that game of the week. Do we have too much tele? Do we have too many games on now? Is that a problem? Because man, I was locked in for that game of the week. I don't know. That's something I've asked myself a lot: is if there's too much, too many options for sports on, and if that's actually affecting the business, that kind of deal. But you know what? I digress. Let's get back to Tiger basketball. And you know, Missouri did go through a huge slump there at the end of the end of the first half that bled into the start of the second half. I believe they missed 15 straight shots at one point. But, you know, for me, again, I I just was never panicking during this period of time because while there may have been some bad shots in there, I'd have to go back and watch again to be sure. But for the most part, it never felt like we were taking bad shots. It felt like it was all in the flow of the offense. felt like the ball was moving crisply. And I don't know, it just felt like Missouri was together for, for most of the game. So I never really got that worried there. And, and to be fair, if you got worried, I wouldn't blame you. Because you know what? Conzo Martin teams do have a tendency to bog down offensively at times. But I, I, this team just feels a little bit different to me. And while I don't want to go overboard, I really believe that this is a tournament team as we sit here and watch it right now. And by the way, speaking of negative thoughts creeping into a Missouri fan's head, did we really need, as as Oregon was making somewhat of a comeback there late second half, did we really need the announcers chortling, oh, Missouri fans maybe getting some flashbacks to, to the Norfolk State game? I was just going, really, right now? Do we need that? Now I understand... Why Boston Red Sox fans, for instance, hated Joe Buck for all those years because they couldn't, they just couldn't stop bringing up the curse of the Bambino on the Fox broadcast, could they? Well, you know what, Fox? 
I got news for you. Actually, I really wasn't thinking of Norfolk State at all during this ball game until you brought it up. Yes, I realize there's the Omaha connection there, but honestly, Missouri was the underdog in this game in Vegas by four or five points, unlike Norfolk State, obviously. And no, this isn't the NCAA tournament. No, this isn't Missouri with one of its generationally great teams. Although, heck, maybe it will turn out to be. Who knows? Not predicting that, just saying we're very early in the season and the story has yet to be written. My point is, actually, no, no one was really thinking about Norfolk State with eight minutes to go in the basketball game. And I'll promise you, yes, while that was a very painful moment to a 29-year-old me, I promise you that, what, Xavier Pinson, what was he, 12 years old, living in Chicago when that happened? I promise you he wasn't watching, nor did he care. The one thing for Missouri, just statistically, that I would like to see more of is free throw attempts. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, 17 of Missouri's attempts, 10 of them were by Xavier Pinson, assuming quite a few of those were late game free throws. So I'd just like to see Missouri get to the basket a little bit more, maybe be a, a tiny bit more aggressive, especially their guards in terms of actually getting into the lane. But that's more of a half-court offense criticism. I thought, obviously, in the fast break game, in transition, I thought they were plenty aggressive. And one thing I've come to love is Mark Smith, or I'm sorry, Drew Smith's ability to sort of block the trailing defender away from blocking his layup just by his little scoop shot where he uses his own body and the length of his arm to keep that defender away and behind him, basically. It's a really clever move by a guy who plays below the rim and certainly something all you young basketball players should note out there. And speaking of, well, traits that youngsters and frankly all of us out there should emulate, Eli Drinkwitz had some really nice words to say about Missouri receiver Toski Dove. And I want to share that with you as well as a few more basketball thoughts after these quick messages. Are you looking for a Sunday pregame NFL show that talks about every game and every team in depth? We should check out Locked On NFL Sunday. It's live show every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football. Every Sunday morning with hosts Chris, Chris Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on your, no your notifications so you'll know exactly when the show goes live every Sunday morning, again, at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's 10 Central for those of you in Missouri. By the way, Eugene Omuruyi, there we go, I think I may have kind of almost not butchered that, but boy, Eugene O, we'll call him that. We go Albert O, we'll go Eugene O as well. That guy was unbelievable last night, 31 points, 11 rebounds, really keeping Oregon in the game, quite honestly, and how cool is it that a guy named Eugene is now playing for the Oregon Ducks in Eugene? Made me think... Has Missouri ever had a guy with the last name Columbus? I don't know. Let me know. I have no idea. But honestly, this is a game that, as the year goes along, will probably look even better for the Tigers because just on paper, people are going to forget that, well, this kid Richardson for Oregon, who was supposed to start 
out six weeks now with a thumb injury. I believe he was supposed to be their starting point guard, and he led the Pac-12 in three-point shooting last season. So obviously a big loss there. They also had a transfer or two now has just now become eligible, I think. So that team is has got some reinforcements coming in. So I think you're probably looking at a definite tournament team. At least I would assume so. Again, I, th- I have a lot of respect for Dana Altman as a coach, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if we look back on this as not like one of those games where, oh, well, they were in the top 25, but then they sucked at the end of the year. I think it's going to be quite the opposite. I think Oregon's going to be a really solid team, and it's going to look like a, a nice win at the end of the season. And by the way, Missouri has added one more home basketball game. It'll be on December 18th, so mark your calendars against Prairie View A&M. And if you're curious, their most recent game in 86-64 loss to Louisville. Ken Palm has them ranked Let's see. Ooh, 312th. Not great, Bob. Not great. Oh, yeah, finally. One quick, almost semi-project run play here. Except, well, no run plays in basketball. Am I the only one who noticed that Oregon had team shoes? Now, this is getting nerdy, I know. But these days, most of the guys wear their own shoes, right? All the Missouri players have their own style shoes. They wear whatever Nikes they want, basically. But back when I, back in the day, kids, 20-some-odd years ago when I played high school basketball, it was considered cool for everybody to have the same shoes. You know, that's fine, just a changing dynamic there. I don't know, just thought it was curious, something I noticed. Are we, are we flipping back to the team shoes? Is that now getting cool again? I don't know, just something to monitor. Maybe I'll do a full-blown project run play at some point analyzing everybody's shoe choice on the team but you know what we got to close it out here with a little bit of football because I just thought there was a great quote from Eli Drinkwitz about Toski Dove a guy who's who really actually emerged last season during the Arkansas game with an extremely athletic catch and well this year honestly he's just shown a yeoman's-like ability to find holes in the zone, get open, and, and catch the football. And here's what Eli had to say about Towski. He said, Towski is a young man who is tough. He works extremely hard. I can remember a couple of distinct times when everybody else was done doing something, and he went out onto the turf and was getting his own individual reps, doing it on his own. He's a guy who is always here in the training room, in the weight room, And here's the part that I think is interesting. He eats right, sleeps right, lives right. Those are the types of players that develop into good football players. They develop into good athletes. The best players tend to have a low-drama life, and he's a low-drama guy. Now, I tend to occasionally refer to these players like Towski Dove. I call them kids occasionally because to me... Compared to me, they are children at this point. But in reality, they're young men. And obviously, those qualities that Eli Drinkwitz just laid out, well, that is, those are the qualities of a man right there. I especially love hearing the part about how he eats right, sleeps right, and lives right. Now, I think sleeping, that's a a new concept that is so is so completely obvious when you think about it how much a good night's sleep affects our affects our abilities in so many ways 
But in the last few years, it's really become something of a science, especially in sports. High-level athletes like your LeBron James types are taking sleep extremely seriously and trying to get the best quality sleep they possibly can to get the most performance they can out of their minds and their bodies. And I just think it's really impressive that a guy like Towski Dove, who is about as far away from the notoriety and wealth of a guy like LeBron James as you can be, but the fact that he has that mentality at that young of an age is just really impressive to me. And frankly, that's something that I should do better with. I need to do better about eating right and sleeping right and living right. So frankly, I don't have little stumbles on the microphone, that type of deal. I have better takes, quicker responses to my, inter- to my guests, my co-hosts, all that kind of stuff. I just think we can all be better. And I, that's the one thing I, one of the things I absolutely love about football and sports in general is that it's just such a great teacher for life. It teaches you how to get the most out of your life. It teaches you how to take personal responsibility. And also one of my favorite things about it is it teaches you how to manage your emotions. Because guess what? That next play mentality that almost every athlete needs to have on some level, well, that's going to serve you well in life too. Because like say, if you drop... when if. When Towski Dove dropped a pass last week, if he allows that to get to him emotionally, if he's mad about it on the next play, well, that's going to not allow him to perform at his highest level. Well, I think that's true for all of us, right? Maybe your maybe your wife or your husband makes a mistake. Well, let's move on to the next play. Let's not hold it against him forever. Let's try to move on to the next moment so we don't let some negative experience affect what is then supposed to be a positive experience in the future. Boy, I sure got philosophical at the end there, didn't I? I swear we're getting back to pure football on this Friday program. But hey, thank you guys for listening to me, as always, once again. And until Friday, until that Arkansas preview, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.